is the story of one of America's great unsung heroes. I mean, you've seen him, but you never knew who he was. You've cheered for him and cried for him. Women have wanted to die for him. But did he ever get any credit? Or the girl? No. He was what we call a stuntman. And the reason I'm talking so fondly about him is, well, because it's me, Colt Seavers. Anyway, picture work isn't wall-to-wall employment. So maybe you wonder how a guy keeps his head together. Well, one way is to wait by the phone, and wait, and wait. The other is to take an occasional job for the court system of the United States of America, where a man is considered innocent until proven guilty. Unfortunately, sometimes a lot of these people get out of jail on what we call bail, and they run like hell. That's where I come in. I sometimes pick up rent money trying to find them and bring them back to justice. But right now, I'm doing a picture that's full of high explosives. Now, that can be real dangerous, so you have to rehearse it very carefully. Good evening, everybody. Dave Jessica program with you. I think, was it the last week of August? The second to last week of August? I, I don't know. Wednesday, August 24th. I don't know. I'm all confused. That's when this comes out. I'm typing it on a Sunday, though. A beautiful summer Sunday. And the final weeks as we wind down another summer. It's when you're a kid, it's the most horrible time ever. When you're an adult, where does the summer go? Because you work all the time and really, who are these people that get to just hang out all summer and do nothing? Who are these people? My sister was those people. Shook the whole summer off, did nothing. I don't... I guess she enjoyed it, but it's just not... I don't know. Can you enjoy it enough when you have kids? And what are we supposed to do? Uh, What are we supposed to do to just uh, go for it all and have a free summer at any age? I mean, what is the answer to having the perfect summer anymore? Oh, I don't know. But I had a pretty good summer. I mean, it was okay, right? I mean, we, we did the podcast on the beach last week, and... Went to the track, went to Atlantic City. What are you supposed to do? I don't know. I'm glad it's over. I can't stand the summer. I like the fall. You know I like the fall. The fall's coming up. Football. Nice weather. You don't have to wear shorts anymore. You know, I, I just don't feel comfortable. I don't feel like a person in shorts. At least at night, that's why I always change it. You know, at nighttime, I have to wear pants, even if it's hot, because I don't feel like a person. I don't feel like a person in shorts. So you, you don't feel like a person in the passenger seat. Well, you know, when you're not driving, you know, yeah, I don't feel like a person in the passenger seat. That's what Larry David said, but I know what he means. I don't know. Let me turn this off. The music's not working for me today. Should have done something else. More of a little festive. I feel like the show's not getting off to the good rousing snap that I had predicted in my head for the kind of final episode of the summer until we start again in, I don't know, September, I guess, after Labor Day. Yeah. The Wednesday after Labor Day, the final podcast, the final podcast until after Labor Day. Dave Jessica, yeah. And uh, we have to backtrack a little, and there's so much to discuss. I mean, we might be here for just hours upon hours, Who knows? as long as my battery holds out. Um, who knows? And if my battery fails, I'll get another one. I got to get like a like a 40-pack of AA batteries. You know, I don't, I usually, only, you know, I found that when I would go into Costco, I was just buying like three things batteries which you only have to go there once every two years for and uh well actually 
buy a lot of clothing there. <laughs> so, don't tell anybody, okay? You know I've been trying to up my game with the clothing, with um, you know maybe shopping a little more. I've been shopping at Tommy Bahabas, Lord and Taylor. Try to up it a little bit, but I gotta say, every time I go to Costco's, I see this. I'm like, oh, this is great. And it always fits good, and it lasts long. I don't know. Maybe I gotta go over there again. But I don't think I'm a member. All I just need is batteries. I mean, nowadays, does anybody, I mean, do you think, see Costco's closing because you can kind of order all that bulk stuff online, any, and all, you know, and, and probably not for like as much as you have to purchase at Costco, especially if you're a single guy, what is the point of going to Costco for? If you have a family, maybe, but I've always found that at Costco, they just don't have what I want. Like if I want to get a shitload of paper towels, they don't have the ones I like, which is the Viva paper towels. And yet lately, I think they changed their like fabric for the viva towels i don't know whether it's working anymore i might have to go back to bounty i get bounty for the cleaning lady she doesn't like the viva because it leaves like uh you know stuff but it's um it feels good and you know when i i I always bring a paper towel with me during the summer because you know i tend to sweat and uh you know the old-fashioned handkerchiefs are disgusting because you got to throw them on the wash all the time and they're gross Paper towels you just throw out. It's over. It's like a Kleenex. You know, who would like... My dad used to say, you got, you know, a man has got to carry a handkerchief. I'm like, a handkerchief's disgusting. It's all gross and it sits there forever. No, you got to go with a Kleenex. A Kleenex you just throw out after it's full of yuckiness and grossness. A handkerchief's like the most... That's why you tell my dad. But this is from the 70s. I was even like, but a handkerchief is one of the most unsanitary items I've ever heard of, father. But father, a handkerchief is completely unacceptable and unsanitary. How about a nice sterile handshake? Um, so I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I feel like Costco could go out of business. But then when you go there on a Saturday, when, I mean, it's mobbed. You're like, this ain't going out of business anytime soon. But I wish I lived closer to one, I guess. I mean, I guess I would shop there more. I don't know. I guess they have food and stuff. You know, I don't even know what to do. I don't know how to shop for food. I mean, I can't just leave stuff in the refrigerator. I never know what I'm eating. I don't know. I guess that's a New York thing. You just don't know what you're doing i guess if i lived in a suburb i would make meals for myself because in the suburbs i don't don't think you go out every night do you i don't know i don't remember i haven't lived in the suburbs in many years you know coming up on my 20th anniversary of living in this apartment in october it'll be 20 goddamn years and i think i told you last time you know my rent would probably be even cheaper if i kept signing two-year leases i was signing one because i thought for sure oh i'm gonna make it oh i'm gonna make oh you'll see Oh, I don't got to worry about nothing. I'm going to make it. I'm going to be, oh, it's going to be unbelievable. I'm going to move over to that uh, the big hotel in the uh, next door in a couple, you know, in two years. So listen, I'm not going to be here very long. So just, you know, I'm not even going to unpack. 20 years later, I should really unpack. I should really unpack. Why do I like doing my Paul in so much? So anyway, it's a, it, it seems like a lovely day. It hasn't been as hot, and it's been really humid. Remember when I told you, like, I'll let you know when it gets hot? Well, I'm letting you know. Like, on my birthday, it was ridiculous. That's hot. That's the kind of hot we can all complain about. But again, I point out, if it's hot because the sun is hot and it's the summer, you know, and, and, well, you know, and if it's not humid, you really can't complain about it being hot. We know it's hot. So don't go out if it's hot. And plus, if you can get cool in the shade, then it's not hot. You know what? Because when when it's hot, you can't get cool in the shade. And that's when I'll let everybody say it's hot, which it was around my birthday 
And last weekend, well, last week, all right, we were talking about the, Co- the Cabana was last week. Oh, my birthday was last weekend. Oh, God, it's only a week. Of, right, right, right. That wasn't a very festive time. A lot of times I have a party, you know, on the roof of the hotel. Look at me. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Only the classiest. But uh, this, I don't know. My birthday was on a Saturday. I like when it's on a weekday. And I don't know. I didn't know what to do. I, I'm not... I mean, I know I had that lovely dinner on Monday. Well, we'll talk about all this. Let's start from the beginning. Let's go back just a tiny bit because we haven't been alone since my podcast where I threw my entire cast of The Godfather under the bus. And then what I realized is that, well, you know, good and bad. Apparently, I have a lot more listeners than I ever thought (laughs) that I had, which is delightful. On the flip side of that, I got to be careful about what I say maybe sometimes because I was always like, nobody's listening because I, you know, I like 20 listeners. And then all of a sudden, you know, I get in the car to go to Atlantic City to open for Artie with Russ. And he's like, hey, why'd you throw the whole cast under the bus, jerk off? And I'm like, what? I didn't even know. I didn't even know what he's talking about. I'm like, there's no way he heard my podcast. But apparently uh, everybody, uh, people told him, which is hilarious. I really couldn't care less. I think it's the funniest thing to just throw your cast under the bus now. I mean, and then, of course, as you know, that next Monday I went on Artie's show and they ripped me a new asshole and they played clips from the podcast. It was completely humiliating, but also lots of fun. I mean, I don't care. I mean, I, I mean, maybe it was horrible. I, I mean, what did I say about Russ? It's kind of funny. I just said, listen, he's not an actor, but he's adorable. I mean, uh, it, it is that is very condescending. But for me, it's kind of funny. Uh, I would give anything for somebody to say listen he's not a good actor but he's very handsome you know <laughs> that would be i'd be like yeah i, I can live with that that's fine <laughs> but that's that's me i guess uh, i would like that but russ is used to be calling you know he's he's used to be calling called handsome so for him that's a that's a cut down you know but meanwhile the bottom line about everybody you know after listening to it first of all i must just be congested all the time i can hear when i hear it back me like sniffling and sneezing and wheezing. I mean, I'm a mess. And I don't know whether it's the air conditioning into the hot or whatever that's causing like kind of like a just dewy wheeziness of everything. It's really annoying. And I apologize. It's like kind of gross too. I always hear myself sniffing and whatever. My I don't know. I'm very embarrassed by it. But uh but the thing is about the, throwing the cast under the bus when I listen back, you know, it just it it still kills me, you know. But the fact of the matter is, is that I love everyone in the cast. If I choose to make fun of them the next day, it's a dick move, but I can't help it. I I find it fun, and it's not fun. It's not funny. Uh, It is funny for me. I think it's funny to work with the cast, enjoy them, tell them they're all great, and then the next day go on your podcast and be, that is the worst cast I have ever worked with. Because they're not. I'm just nitpicky about sound and stuff like that. And here's the funny thing. There's a wonderful uh, guy who's been, uh, we've been tweeting a little bit, direct tweeting. I think his name's Gabriel. And uh, he went back to and listened to all the previous podcasts I've ever done, which is a miracle. I guess he had a long drive or something. Because that's the only thing it would take for me to even go back and listen to any of that stuff. Because I, I I think I'd be embarrassed of the early ones and stuff that we used to do at Stand Up New York. And, you know, I've always been about just the quality of the sound. Now, I'm guilty of, I noticed, like, last week on the podcast from the Cabana, my levels, my music levels were very high. 
uh, the set, you know, the talking levels were okay. So I can't get it right myself, but I try and I am, and it bothers me. So, you know, this kind, so I am bothered with levels. And this uh, one guy had mentioned it, it's so funny that uh, he had seen there's a video out there, maybe you remember about a year ago, could it have been a year ago, where I was doing this uh, website called Duh Thoughts. And my friend Max put together the Dave Juskow show. And, you know, it was me and Irene, and we're sitting at this thing, and we're talking, and we're pretty much doing a 20-minute podcast. It was such a disaster, I told you about it. I mean, I love Max and everything, but the only thing I went in and talked to him about it when we went, when we met twice before putting it together was I got to have the sound quality okay because I'm going to use it for my podcast. I don't want to have to do two. I'm going to use it for my podcast. And, of course, if you, I think the site's still up. If you go on it, it's just, it's, it's horrid. And I, I didn't, you know, I would never promote it. I mean, I, yeah, I'm doing it now, but it, you, you'll understand how mad it makes me. You can't hear me. Maybe you can hear Irene. I mean, it's just a disaster. The guy didn't know what he was doing. Uh, I, I shouldn't have even let it happen if, in, until I knew for sure that we would get the quality sound that I needed. I should have just done it both ways. It it just really, really irks me because it's an embarrassment. And I tell lots of people, like even Jenny Lynn Rodriguez, when she was here, I was like, you know, your videos are pretty good, but, you know, if you don't have the proper audio, when any anyone makes a YouTube video that they're going to send out, uh, as a reel and your audio stinks, it looks completely unprofessional. You know, it looks, I mean, to me, it, it looks, it always looks like a porno. That's the way pornos sound. Very bad sound quality. Uh, and, and that's the way everybody's YouTube videos look. And then you're like, well, you're not, why would you want to send that to somebody? It's completely unprofessional. Uh, you know, it just looks like you're not really doing, you're showing a reel of stuff that you clearly haven't done anything. Because your sound quality, you just made it in somebody's car. Um, and it's funny when, now you all know, uh, you know, we mentioned on Artie Show that I made a movie about the cars, the band uh, from the 80s. And the first thing me and Memo were talking about is like, I'm like, look, I, I know we're a low budget production and we're doing the best we can and we're kind of doing a gorilla like you know, movie-making situation, but it's just majorly important to have the sound proper. So we had this guy, Chris Trudeau, who was really amazing. I mean, a pain in the ass, and he's such a weirdo, but was he a stickler for sound? It's like I used to make fun of him, and I'm like, what the hell am I making fun of him? The movie only is decently watchable because the sound is perfect, so it looks professional that way. And he was a stickler. He was He's a little short guy with a beard, and he would just find himself a corner and sit there and have all the sound equipment. And if anybody was talking out of line, he'd be like, shut up, quiet. You know, like he was like, he had this high pitched voice that just echoed through everything. But uh, he was a stickler for sound. And, you know, that's kind of the guy you want working on your film. Um, When you have, you know, it's funny. I said to myself, I turned on my airplane mode and I'm like, I'm not going to take my home phone off the thing because nobody's, nobody's, nobody has called the home phone in like two days. And that's the one guy. I just the, the machine tells me who it is. I was like, "All right, he's not gonna. He hasn't heard from him in three days. He's not gonna call. He calls the second I put on the podcast. And it just it doesn't matter. I'm not gonna answer it. But it just throws me off. So anyway, yes, my obsession with sound continues because last week when we were at the uh, cabana, I could see the levels 
of the uh, music I was playing, we played a lot of music, were a little louder. And I mean, what a pain in the ass from the beginning to the end, the beginning. You know, I don't want you to have to always fix your sound while you're listening to the podcast. That's a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass for me when I'm listening. So, I don't know. God, I've been doing some boring podcasts lately. <laughs> I feel like everything I've just said is like really boring. I have to get into it. I, I didn't have, you know what? I fucked up. I didn't have any coffee. I had breakfast. I didn't have any coffee. I should have had coffee. That's what I meant to do. I meant to go to the Dunkin' Donuts and get some coffee and I forgot. I wonder if I should just redo. Well, no, I'll get into it as we go on. Um, but last week at the Cabana was very interesting. What a, what a fun time, you know, taping something at the beach. Uh, you know, it's funny. I got different reactions from the people. Like, you know, when even Dave Elliott had said, aren't, you know, listeners going to be bored by this? And I was like, no, I, I mean, I find it fascinating. And, and again, listening back, I find it fascinating when somebody is that knowledgeable about anything, uh, whether it be wine or beer or music. Uh, I like that. So my, my sister called and she said she thought it was completely fascinating too. Now, having dated this gentleman she finds it sick and disgusting that he knows too much about the dead like you know his knowledge of it like makes her like not crazy about him you know (laughs) anymore but meanwhile she still says he's funny because he was he was very funny i've told him before that he should be writing possibly for one of the roasts uh he just comes up with stuff he's very funny guy you know but he's not you know he's not a comedian or anything he's just a regular dude and uh, that's the fun where there's regular dudes. I know Sarah once told me that she really couldn't be friendly with like regular people anymore because it's just, and I totally understand. And I think we've discussed it on the show before because, you know, when I'm at my office and I want to say something like somebody says something, I'm like, I don't know, your mother's vagina didn't feel that way. Like, obviously, I can't say that at an office, but she doesn't want to be stifled. And if somebody doesn't find her stuff, you know, amusing, then she's like, well, I don't need to hang out with that person. Everybody knows me, and this is the way I am. And uh, it's pretty cool to be that way. I have to uh, run in both worlds. So I do have to contain myself sometimes, but I always want to say, your mom was making me breakfast today or something. I don't you know, something stupid about somebody's mom, which, of course, is the worst part about getting older because everybody's mom is dead, and then that joke doesn't work anymore. It sucks. I love saying, you know, they're like, what are you, where are you today? I'm like, I'm at your mom's. I mean, that's still funny for me every time. But now with everybody's mom's dying, it's like no fun at all. I got to find something else. I guess you could say your sister's, but for some reason that seems um, wrong. I don't know. It's so quiet today, right? I feel like, are we even recording? I think we are. It's just, it's so nice and pleasant. But I guess I've been, you know, we've done so many different things. We just, you know, we had the Godfather thing, then we did a podcast with somebody at the beach, right? And now this is our our last one, and then we'll get it going. I mean, September's coming. I met with the people for the football show about maybe, you know, making it a live YouTube event, and they still want to do it. September 27th is the big live show. Hopefully already uh, (laughs) Lenny Marcus, me, at the Village Underground talking about football. But I'm also very worried, and normally I get very excited, but I know it does ruin your weekends. Obviously, I love football, but it ruins your weekends. That only gives me Saturdays to do stuff. Sundays are dedicated to football. There's nothing I can do about it. It's very difficult to not be watching. 
But I mean, what would I be normally doing on Sundays? I mean, I'm usually just here watching TV, but it's like there's a deadline at one o'clock. Like today, um, I've been watching TV, you know, and then it was one and then I was like, oh, now I'll just get break. There was there was no deadline. You know, one o'clock, I want to be in front of the TV watching the Red Zone channel. Obviously, I'm upset because one of the weekends I'm going to miss because I'm in London. So I already missed like the opening and that's the opening Giants game. I want to go, but I'll go on the week after. I'll go on the 25th. Uh, definitely going to go to the tailgate uh, because you want to go the early months. And then I think I'm going again in October against the Ravens. But it is funny how I love, you know, I love going to the tailgates. I mean, you know, I love it, but I hate missing the red zone channel. So it's uh, it's so retarded. I mean, what does that do? What is that? What is, what's the point why are we watching it anyway? I don't. Am I souring on football? I hope not, because I'm planning some big shows. And that's the other thing. What should I do about the podcast? Now, this started off as a sports show, a sports and television show, and it's just kind of morphed into whatever it is. I don't even know. I mean, again, you know, I think on the uh, description of my show, it just says the Dave Juskow podcast is the greatest podcast of all time. <laughs> like it's just, you know, because it's stupid. But it is a mix of everything. I mean, you know, we talk about show tunes. We talk about television. We talk about movies. We talk about drinking. We talk about partying. We talk about girls. We talk about everything. Um, we talk about gay stuff. We talk about transgender. We talk about rape. And we, sometimes we have the serious discussion. So it's all over the place, which is what I think, you know, a podcast should be, unless you're tuning in for a specific thing. So I would always name my podcast Week One. Uh, you know, and then, you know, it coincides with the NFL stuff and then it goes into the season, which isn't a bad way to label it because now I've just been coming up with other titles. And I can't decide whether I should do that. I, I, I can't make up my mind. I, I I almost wanted to not do my football pool this year. I think I'm, I don't know. Am, am I done? Maybe I don't want to gamble anymore because it's been so bad. But last year I did pretty good in football. I didn't lose any money until the end of the season of the playoffs when I was trying to win everything back because there was only four games. And then it was a disaster. Uh, so maybe that's a problem, too. I, I I don't know. But I guess we'll figure it out. I mean, I'm going to come to some sort of uh, executive decision the Sunday after Labor Day because that, I guess, would be week one, right? Because the first game is, what, September 8th, I believe, if that's a Thursday. Wait, I have it here. Uh, September 8th. Is third right? So we'd be taping on the seventh, and then oh, sorry, see, I'm sniffling again. Uh, the eighth would be the opening day, and then the eleventh is the first Sunday. It's funny they're just playing the first game starts September eleventh. That always creeps everybody out. Um, and uh, but you know it's so far removed. Thank God. It's like I almost wanted to, couldn't wait to get to 2015, 2016, just so 2001 would be so long ago so you wouldn't have to remember. But I guess on that day, every year, they always have a thing down at the World Trade Center. And uh, does that, you know, and that, but that puts a damper on football. You should probably just start it the next week so you don't have to worry because then they'll probably be like, we'd like to remember. Uh, you know, I don't want that. I don't want to remember. I'll remember on the day, but I don't want to interfere with football. I don't want to remember. That was a horrible time, and nobody wants to remember it. And now we just got to kick some ass. And I don't know. Let me tell you something. This is what I've been waiting to say. I think there's a lot of secret people who are going to vote for Donald Trump. I think Hillary better be very careful. There's a lot of people out there who are not... When you mention 
like myself, when I say I'm not sure yet who I'm voting for, well, if you're a Hillary supporter, they those people go crazy. I mean, they're almost these are Democratic people, but they're almost as bad as the Republicans that we make fun of all the time that just don't listen. I mean, they've become that bad where they're like, I'm not even talking to you. You know, they can't, you know, you can't have a conversation with them. They won't, they just won't listen to you because they're so right. Uh, I get where they're coming from because they're mostly my friends and I suppose I have many of the same kind of views. But I don't know. I've mentioned it before and the thing is, People are getting fed up. I think I just saw on CNN today some 12 or 14-year-old boy just blew up like 50 people. People are getting fed up. And sometimes a politician, like I've said, who sticks to the the way that they've been brought up to do politics, just like we need strong leadership, isn't what the people want right now. People are pissed. People are scared. And if a crazy... A crazy guy with a lot of money who they know who's just saying like, no, we're going to go in there. We're going to kick some ass. We're going to kill them all. I mean, that's that's a horrible way to put it. But is that not what you just want to hear right now? Everybody's fed up. So what all I'm saying is I think there's a lot of secret Trump supporters. I don't know what's going to happen that day. I'm really not sure what I'm doing yet. Well, I don't think I'd tell anybody. Everybody's so uptight. But uh, yeah, should be quite interesting coming down to the wire i mean what a fall this is going to be right that's why um they told me not to do the godfather the oh i guess it would have been election day yeah because everybody would be really upset maybe or thrilled you know it's uh or i was going to do the football one after that and they're like no don't do it that next day people could be depressed i don't know you know so uh but we are doing the godfather show after the election well i mean something's got to happen after the election what are we supposed to do nothing but it is funny. I am thinking about it. We're doing the football show on the 30th of November, I think. Uh, anyway, I went to also I went to the Borgata on Thursday night. David Elliott was kind enough to get me a couple of rooms. So that's the second time I've been back there in two weeks after not going to Atlantic City for years, maybe 10, 15 years. Went down with Artie, opened for him, which was great. And then... Uh, went down with David Elliott, and he said, you got to come down. I'm going to get you some rooms, and you got to play three-card poker. I'd never heard of it before, but I played it, and it's it's probably bad, but I won like $1,200, and I really don't understand it. Now, I know it's mostly luck, but it I maybe I'm crazy because I just won, but it really does feel like one of those games. It seems it's better than blackjack because that's what I was thinking. Before I even won, I said, when he was explaining the game, I'm like, but this seems like a really good deal. This seems like a much better deal than blackjack. Whereas blackjack, if you bet 5 or $10 and you're being conservative, you can only win 5 or $10 unless you get a blackjack. So you have to keep risking, all right, this time I'm going to bet 20 and you hope you win or whatever. But... With the three card, you're always betting 15 or $30 um, because you want to bet all three bets, like the whatever the, uh, it's called a pairs, ante, and something else. But when it, if you have a $5 chip on this something else thing, when you get a straight with a dealer or whatever the case may be, and again, it's all luck, it pays off big. 
I, I got two straight flushes in a row and it, it paid $500 a piece or more. And that was on a $5 chip. So doesn't that seem like the what you want for your money? It's like when I gamble on sports, I prefer to do the parlay, even though it's ridiculous because I have trouble winning one game. How am I going to win two? But the parlay, I'm putting out 50 bucks and I can win $130. If I bet one game, I can only win 50 bucks. I, I, I don't know. That's So it always seems like, isn't that the way to go? It's like when we go to the track. I mean, can I win almost every race probably at the track? I could probably, if there's 10 races, I could probably win seven because the favorite will come in. But what's that going to pay? A quarter? So yeah, I mean, I always, you know, I, I, I make a lot of exactas. Remember I told you, I made like five exactas. I didn't even win anything because I didn't pay anything. So you always want to kind of pay something for your money that's going to come out big. I mean, that's the that's the gamble. And this three card poker was quite fascinating in the in the fact that uh, you could make a lot of money. Um, you know, and and that was wonderful because then I I got the five hundred dollar chips. I've never gotten those before, and those were in my pocket. I played with like the other three hundred dollar ones, and I just kept that. And, and then so. We played till like three in the morning. We had a beautiful dinner. It was it was really great. And then uh, I I was uh, with this other this dentist. Uh, we we shared a a room. It was really he's like sixty five or seventy. Uh, it was really funny sharing a room with. I haven't shared a room with somebody in years. But it gets me set where I got to share the room with my niece. Which will be ridiculously awkward uh, because I always have to listen to the radio when I go to bed. So I have my phone playing the sports station uh, before I go to bed. But I had it on the timer, so I don't think he cared. I don't know if we're gonna have to do that and. London or not, will that even come in? I don't know. I, I can't sleep in silence. You know, my mind starts going. I start getting depressed. I start getting afraid of stuff. Yeah, I'm a mess. Anyway, so then I went down in the in the morning and I decided to gamble again. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to play this $100 chip. If it doesn't work out, I swear to God, I'm leaving. And that's exactly what happened. I lost everything, but then I won back 50 and I'm like, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. I'm leaving right now. I can't wait to get out. He goes, you don't want breakfast? And I'm like, no, no, I got to leave immediately. It's very important that I get out right now because I have two $500 chips in my pocket and I'm a degenerate gambler and this is why I am in trouble all the time. And I, and I really feel like my life possibly could be changing around. Maybe. It's, it's you know, you, you know stuff's going on for me. It's good. It's good, right? So I'm like, if this one aspect, I mean, the fact that I won money, I mean, doesn't that say something? That's something the universe messed up. It's, it's making me lucky somehow. Uh, maybe not so much in love, but in cards. Uh, I was watching Live and Let Die yesterday. It's like uh, uh, at the end where he's with Jane Seymour and on the train and she wins gin and she'd never played before. And he goes, you know, he's like, well, she goes, gin. And uh, he's explaining to her, now only pick up the cards you need. I mean, it's the most obvious gag in the whole world. And then she goes, gin. And then he gets up, like he's angry, and opens up the bed. And she's like, what are you doing? He goes, just checking an old adage, or whatever it is, uh, you know, unlucky at cards. Um, (laughs) I love that movie. The Bond has been on nonstop on stars. It's been fantastic. See, that's, I feel like that's lucky too. Like, I came home the other day, and I'm like, if only there was a James Bond movie. Score! Um, so then, yeah, I just needed to get out immediately and leave a winner. And not so, I mean, 
my fantasy was to leave there, stop where I grew up, where this my friend Stephen is, who I owed money for that I bought some weed or something, uh, and I owed him money for like two months now, and I was able to give it to him because I want you know it's my favorite thing. Yeah, I've been winning at the track, so I have some money for you. Uh, I mean, that's the best kind of way to pay somebody. So I was able to pay him that money, and um, and then I met my mother and my sister for lunch in Westfield with two uh, these girls that used to live in our neighborhood when we were kids. It's so funny. They're sisters, and one, the youngest, is so jealous of the oldest, which is, you, is that the way you usually see it? So jealous for so many years because she was really pretty. Um, but it's funny because the oldest always had a weight problem and stuff, but then she kind of curled tail that she had, like, um, like, diabetes or something. She was always sickly, but the youngest was so jealous of her. It was odd. Why? And it's so funny. Now they're both married. They both have kids. Everything's the way it should be. And yet my sister pointed out, like, you see how Jenny's still so jealous. It's really funny. She's still like, oh, I guess everybody's paying attention to Debbie again. It's, um, it is funny to see, especially when we're, you know, 100. But, <clears throat> sorry about that. Uh, and then, yeah, so I order, I go to this stupid place in Westfield. You know, it's like, a, you know, with all the ladies who are there during the day. And uh, I think I was the only dude there. And I order this meatloaf. And I go, oh, we're out of the meatloaf. Isn't that always the case? I'm like, I finally make a decision. And then I got the macaroni and cheese. And that sucked. Or maybe I just wasn't in the mood. And I didn't want any trouble. I had just come back from Atlantic City. I had a big dinner last night. You know, I wasn't looking for any diarrhea trouble or anything. So, But I ate it. And then I couldn't wait to get home. And then I went out with a girl. <laughs> I went out with this girl, Stephanie. And uh, she's ridiculously hot. Um, she's black. I know, right? What? Dave Juskow? How can this be? But um, she's ridiculously pretty. Really crazy. Because, you know, that's clearly what I'm attracted to. Um, so she was taking so much time and she's like, I'll be there. Won't be. I don't know what's happening. I mean, she's always going to be there, but, um, I couldn't wait any longer because I knew I was just not going to go out if I didn't leave. So I went across the street to get a drink and my friends, Jody and Kenny were there. So if I'm having a drink with them, I said, Kenny, you got to wait. You got to see this girl. She's unbelievable. I mean, even if she doesn't like me, just to be seen with her is it's helpful in every way. It's like that good. It's like Goldfinger hanging out with uh, pussy galore. Um, that's all I am. Just a business transaction. I, I don't know what uh, voice that is, but uh, just uh, bear with me. So, um, so we meet, so the girl comes in and my friend Kenny goes, 10, that is a 10. Holy shit. And she didn't even, I mean, she, she, I, she wasn't even made up, you know, but she really is that stunning. And in photographs, not as not so much. It's very odd. But she's older, you know, like, you know, it was an age appropriate, uh, time and then uh so but jody is cock blocking me the entire time she is just like oh what's that and they start talking because they have some mutual friends in the neighborhood and they just start talking for like 45 minutes and i was like what 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 is happening here i was getting i wasn't pissed because i just i guess i just don't care anymore but kenny jody's husband was really pissed he called me outside he's like i told her to stop this is ridiculous doesn't she know she's cock blocking 
And he's like, I don't know. She's probably drunk. She doesn't know what she's doing. I mean, Jody has good intentions. She doesn't do it. But it was, I could have been very Dave Juskow angry at her, but I just, I can't be because the situation was just too funny. The, all, the whole time I'm thinking, I can't wait to talk about this in the podcast. And I can't wait to call Jody one day and be like, what the hell is your problem? Because then it got worse. She left. And then she kept texting both of us. Hey, Dave's a great guy. You know, because Kenny clearly got to her and just said, what, the, what is the matter with you? And she's like, oh, he'll walk you home. He's an idiot, but he's great. Like, I mean, she's texting both of us. And I'm like, why does she continue? And, and so she's texting her back. I'm like, you're still ruining our time. So the time, oh, and here's the best part. I didn't want to go across the street. Because remember, I went across the street last week, which I explained at the Cabana one. Uh, and it's just too expensive there. It's just too expensive. So I was hoping to just have a drink there and then we could go somewhere else, you know, where maybe I could, you know, get $100 less um, than what it is. And um, Jody just keeps going. She's like looking at the menu like, no, have the steak. You got to eat here. Have the steak. Have the steak. You got to have the steak, which is the most expensive thing on the menu. I'm like, you're such a fucking twat. (laughs) I can't even believe it. I can't even believe you. What is the matter with you? Do you hate me? Uh, she just didn't even know what she was doing. It's funny for somebody to not, you know, it's not like she's 20. She's 40. How do you not know? How do you not know what you're doing? Uh, it's It was too funny. So then we ate there. The night was just over. It was just so over. Um, I, that's why I wouldn't, I wasn't going to bring her there because I know too many people there. So you want to bring her to somewhere where we can have a conversation, you know, not where I know everybody. So, so then we left. And Oh, and then, as if it could get any worse, the staff, they closed up. And I know the staff there, and they're very nice. But this guy comes in, this weirdo, and I'm like, this guy looks like trouble. I don't know why. He just looked dirty and gross. He turns off the music and starts playing Donald Trump quotes from a cartoon where somebody's imitating quotes. And I'm like, this is like the worst night ever, all of a sudden. And then he just was, he, they're all French. And then he was telling us in French about Donald Trump. I mean, this... This was a nightmare, a nightmare. And this girl's, it's just, I just felt like, an, I, I knew the night was just over. And uh, then we walked outside and there was a mass, this is right by my building. There was a mass uh, uh, gathering of people right on this block. And we're like, oh my God. I mean, it didn't look like somebody got hit or there was an accident. I mean, there was too many people for that. It looked like, it was a leftover from a parade. And we found out what happened. And you're not going to believe it. It was a rare Pokemon sighting. Apparently, everybody had gotten the word that this rare Pokemon was sitting on the street by the Queensboro Bridge. And everybody came over, all these people. And then she went over and she starts filming it. And I'm like, just get the light out of my face. She's like, say hello. And I'm like, get the light out of my face. I was just so angry by that point. And then I walked her home, and I'm like, hey, you want me to come upstairs? <laughs> and she's like, no, I've never had a boy upstairs. And I'm like, all right, I'll see you later. This is stupid. And um, ugh, I just, it was so obnoxious, so obnoxious. Oh, but um, she paid for a birthday dinner. She paid. I didn't see that coming. So I had to keep remembering that. That was very nice. Um yeah, usually she always says she doesn't have any money, so and it was it was pretty pricey. Uh, if I had known that, I definitely would have gotten an appetizer. <laughs>
<laughs> oh. And then, uh, so last night I had the exact opposite experience. It, it was definitely a date. Um, this girl asked me to go out to make up for something she had done. And then uh, I ended up paying anyway. What are you going to do? But at least it was a date. At least it was a legitimate date. But I got too drunk, I think. You know, I, think, I had a bottle of wine. I don't think wine's working for me. I don't think it ever has. First, I had a scotch. And then we drank a bottle of wine. And then, you know, we didn't even eat anything. It was one of those horrible places where you're just getting small fucking portions. Oh, my God. It's like that tapas shit that I hate. But now they do it in Italian restaurants. Remember, I, I had a whole argument about tapas and how they just made new appetizers that should be $5 for $12. And that's called tapas. And fuck tapas. And this place was like that. We just order like a bunch of $12, you know, appetizers, and that's our meal, and all of a sudden it's $200. But it, it was quite good, though. But still, it just, you know, I just, god damn it, I just want to sit down and eat like a gentleman. When I get there, it's like crowded. There's two places. There's one on the right side and one on the left side of the street. And there's one on the le- right side. It's completely crowded, and it's disgusting. And then I see there's actual tables where you can sit down and eat like gentlemen on the other side of the street. So I was like, she probably picked this place. She probably picked, but I was wrong. She did pick the small place. And uh, I just, what, is it too much to ask to sit down and eat? If we're going to eat. If we're not eating, I like to sit at the bar, obviously. I don't, I like eating at the bar sometimes, but not, not on a date. Your thoughts. Anyway, then we went somewhere else and then she goes, uh, yeah, we're going to, we're, we're going to my place. And I'm like, uh, oh, okay. I don't know. She just put me in a cab. I really wanted to go home. I, I wasn't feeling well. I mean, what a pussy I am. <laughs> like, I'm finally a- actually on a date, and I, I want to go home. Well, I, here's the reason why, and this is going to, you're, you're going to love this. If you love me, <laughs> and you love this podcast, then you're going to love the thing I played up top. I got a friend from our good friend, John Vitti at the Boston Globe who is our very, very good friend. And this guy, I mean, we've been friends for a long, long time. And this motherfucker texts me on my date and tells me that that Decades channel, remember that ridiculous one that uh, was comparing Robbie Rist, you know, from our favorite Big John, Little John, to and and then they did a Martin Luther King, you know, (laughs) like right after Robbie Rist. Well, that channel was showing nonstop this. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with fire up. I've never been with anything less than a nine. So fine, I've been on fire with Sally Field, gone fast with a girl named Bo. But somehow they just don't end up as mine. It's a death-defying life I lead. I take my chances. I die for a living in the movies and the TV. Thing I ever do is watch my leading ladies kiss some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee. I might fall from a tall building, I might roll a brand new car, cause I'm the unknown stuntman that made Redford such a star. Never spent much time in school, but I taught ladies plenty. It's true, I hire my body out for pay. Hey, hey, 
I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Rockin' Welch. But when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay. Hey, hey, I'm a jump and open drawbridge or Tarzan from a vine. Cause I'm the unknown stuntman that makes Eastwood look so fine. It was a marathon of the fall guy on and uh that's all that was on my mind and i'm like you son of a bitch i i how could you do this to me because now he knows all i want to go home is uh, watch fall guy episodes and what's the matter with me that that's what i want to do why would he ruin everything it's the worst show and the best show at the same time colt Seavers. everybody knows i love steve austin everybody knows i'm a big lee majors fan I can't help it. He was the $6 million man, for Christ's sakes. And then he's going to do a show where he plays a stuntman and a bounty hunter on the side? I mean, come on! That's made for me! Heather Thomas? Oh, my God. You know, I just looked her up, obviously, because I've been watching it nonstop since I got home. Uh, she's still hot. But, boy, boy, was she such... And you know what's really funny? People mix up Heather Thomas and Heather Locklear. So I was watching an episode just before I did the podcast where Heather Locklear is the guest star. But she must have been younger because she plays an 18-year-old. And then I was – and so Heather Lockley was on TJ Hooker, also on the same network with William Shatner. And then there's an episode that Heather Thomas is on. I can't imagine they were friends. It's probably just a coincidence. But, I mean, they're both just gorgeous blonde 80s girls. Heather Lockley are turning it into a uh, – just more than a one-show – deal for her heather locklear being obviously very smart she was on three three hit shows that's just for starters i think uh she was on dynasty that's where she started right yeah then tj hooker and then melrose place and single-handedly bought melrose place out of a ratings tumble and bought it to what it was where they even mentioned it on seinfeld uh, that's all her doing. How do you like that? It's pretty impressive for a dumb blonde. You know what I'm talking about. But then Heather Thomas, she's all right. So my friend and I, I mean, for years, well, we would go to Atlantic City all the time. We would have, we would do, um, we'd have to be at the showboat. And they had sliding doors, you know, the the, the wooden, you know, uh, Western doors, you know, the Western doors that go out like when you enter a bar in a Western. Remember, because at the opening credits, Heather Thomas comes out of there in a bikini. Every guy knows. Every guy knows. Girl, like I could tell my sister, she'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But every guy knows that scene. And uh, so we would always pretend to be Heather Thomas coming out of the thing, like, you know, with our, hello, boys. Um, and we just would sing the lyrics. Well, I ain't spend much in time, but I taught ladies plenty. I mean, the opening line is unbelievable. I've been seen with Farah. First of all, it's Lee Major singing the song. Secondly, we know he was married to Farah. So, I mean, the, the song is brilliant, but here's also the funny stuff, too, about this, the opening theme, which the opening theme makes the entire show. The show is horrible. I mean, I've been watching it. It's just a horrible show. Meanwhile, there I am sitting there going like, this is great. <laughs> he's, he's a stuntman. That's why he's able to, I just saw one where, you know, Heather Thomas is a stunt woman. So she had to, uh, you know, fall through a glass uh, window and fall into a pool and, uh it's just, you know, it's uh, sitting there. I can remember as a kid, that was like the greatest thing ever, you know? I mean, show about a stuntman, it's, it's brilliant. 
And um, they tried to do that, I believe. Am I? No, no, no. I am wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Uh, I thought they tried to do it with John Ritter because it was called Hooper. But there's a Burt Reynolds movie called Hooper where he plays a stuntman. But the show with John Ritter called Hooper, he was a photographer. Wow. No wonder I never have sex. Um, okay. <laughs> that, <laughs> let alone that I would like to um, leave my day to watch Fall Guy episodes because I'm obviously the nerdiest of all nerds and once in a while have a cool moment. I'm pretty sure that's me. Um, so anyway, the thing about the theme song, which is interesting, and I, I think I have to give it to um, Sarah, you know, uh, you know, her boyfriend, Michael Sheen, Sarah Silverman's boyfriend, Michael Sheen, uh, we've been talking about that. He loves, he loves, um, he, he knew about the show Rhoda, like, we don't know what he knew when he was growing up in uh, Britain, uh, but I got that. Wales, Wales. Huh. Don't want him to get angry. Uh, I know he's not listening, but you know what I'm saying. Um, they, what, what shows they would get where he said they'd basically get American shows where they explain the premise in the title. So, you know, they got Rhoda because at the beginning of Rhoda, do I have that? I Hold on a second. No, I can't. Oh, wait a minute. Let me see. Let me. I'm just going to take one second here to see if I do have it. I thought I played it one time. I do have it. I do have it. Uh, here it is. My name is Rhoda Morgenstern. I was born in the Bronx, New York, in December 1941. I've always felt responsible for World War II. The first thing I remember liking that liked me back was food. In school, my slap guitar is that called or something uh but yeah so right there's the uh they had all these injuries here's the season three opening which is like really heavy duty oh that's not the good one where's the one i like that's gay how about this one? Oh yeah remember this one season four <laughs> what happened Talk about losing your way. I know it's low. Yeah, that's enough of that gay song. Um, boy, they changed it every season. Um, but yeah, so the, 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 the thing about that, she doesn't even mention Minneapolis until 42 seconds Every episode, there's 23 episodes or 24 episodes back then where she does that entire opening. So that's what he's talking about, which is kind of funny. And, you know, for foreign countries, they liked shows that explained the opening, which is why I was going, I told Sarah 
Oh, I want to send you something. I wanted to send her this. Big John has a problem, as you can plainly see. One minute he's 40, the next he's 33. Big John keeps a changing before your very eyes. He's 25, and then 19, then 12 years old in size. Big John, little John, what a way to grow. Big John, little John, from high to low. So I told her, like, I'm like, you know, uh, you got to see this thing. And he already knew about it. <laughs> I don't know how. I can't imagine he got that sent in Wales, but he already knew about it. I was like dying to send it to him. So I think the one I'm going to send him now is obviously the Fall Guy theme. So think about that. I mean, you know how they do sitcoms now where they don't even have... I mean, The Big Bang Theory is probably the last one that has a full opening every episode. Mostly they just have the credits as you're going, you know. Um, But The Fall Guy is so funny because he explains the whole thing. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with fair up. I've never been with anything less than a nine. So fine. But he's not even bragging. I think he might be right. He's never been with anything less than a nine. He might. Be, I mean, if you're married to Farrah Fawcett, and I'm talking about married to Farrah Fawcett when she was Farrah Fawcett, I mean, yipes, then you probably have never been with anything less than a nine. He's probably right. That's not bragging. I've been on fire with Sally Field going fast with a girl named Bo. And that's the best part of the song, too, is that it's uh, so dated. You know, it's like, I've been on fire with Sally Field, ran fast with a girl named Bo. So he's mentioned Farrah Fawcett, Bo Derek, and Sally Field. It's like uh, if you were, uh, you know, playing this for a 20 year old, they'd be like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Who the hell is Bo? But somehow they just don't end up as mine. That's mine. Yeah. It's a death-defying life I lead. I take my chances. I die for living in the movies and TV. So now I'm just getting it. Wait, what's happened? What does it mean he died for a living? I don't understand. But the hardest thing I ever do is watch my leading ladies kiss some of the guy while I'm bandaging my knee. Why? I might fall from a tall building. Stunt man that made Redford such a star, <laughs> and then and here's the best part: we're a minute in, and it continues like it's necessary to keep explaining. Wait, maybe I didn't reiterate. I'm with a lot of girls, but they can't be mine because you, you, you see what I'm saying is I'm a stunt man. Do, do, you, do you understand? Because if you're not understanding, let let me explain it again to you. I've never spent much time in school, but I totally it is plenty. That's the best line ever. I would just want to play that at a women's lib rally or something. <laughs> That's the fucking best. It's true I hire my body out for pay. Hey, hey! I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Raquel Welch. Oh, that's great, too. Cheryl Teague's, Raquel Welch. She's mentioned in all the ones that were the absolute best in the 70s. Cheryl Teague's, that's so funny, right? But when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay. Hey, hey. How many times did he mention hay? He says, it's hey, hey, hey. Then he says, I wound up in hay. And remember, in the um, in the opening, he, he gets thrown into some hay. 
Hey, hey. I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Rocky Welch. But when I wind up in the... Hey, it's only... Hey, hey, hey. So it's one, two, three, four, five. He says it six times within a five-second... So who the fuck wrote these lyrics? <laughs> Drawbridge. Tarzan from a vine. I'm the unknown stuntman that makes Eastwood look so fine. He's also mentioned fine twice, too. So fine. Like, who's... Well, clearly nobody cares. What the hell am I dissecting this for? Because it's brilliant. One minute, 41 seconds every week before they even start the show. And the reason I played the thing up top is because after they play one minute and 41 seconds into the show... To explain, oh, I get it. I'm a stuntman. I do all this high flying. I'll jump off a tall building. I'll wreck a car. I'll be on fire. I'll work with Sally Field, Raquel Welch, Cheryl Teagues. I'm with them all, but I never get them at the end because, you see, I'm a stuntman. But then for some reason, on every episode in the first season, it needs to be explained further. story of one of America's great unsung heroes. I mean, you've seen him, but you never knew who he was. You've cheered for him and cried for him. Women have wanted to die for him. But did he ever get any credit? Or the girl? No. So, this played every episode of the first season. Like, I, I thought when I first saw it, because I had forgotten, that this was the pilot, which would make maybe some sense even though you've just put it all out there in the opening and you know back then we kind of knew what was happening you know you'd read it in the tv guide uh a stuntman becomes bounty hunter and you know whatever but he, he describes this for another minute every week he was what we call a stuntman and the reason i'm talking so fondly about him is well because it's me colt sievers anyway colt sievers the best name ever for a character why isn't my stage name Colt Seavers? What, what's the matter with me? Well, that would definitely be the porn name. Hey, picture work isn't wall-to-wall employment. So maybe you wonder how a guy keeps his head together. Well, Oh, that, and then, of course, when he's doing that, the, the car goes under the bus and it loses the top, and then he, you know, he gets up, and I wonder, you're wondering how a guy keeps his head together. So they're, and when they're um, making it back in 1981, the people who are making it are probably laughing. Ah! That's going to be hilarious. You're wondering how he keeps his head together because he almost got his head chopped off. <laughs> oh, holy. One way is to wait by the phone and wait and wait. The other is to take an occasional job for the course. And then that's the thing. They're just showing him on the phone talking. He's not actually waiting. He's talking on the phone. It would have been funny if he was just staring at the phone. But he's talking on the phone. I mean, it couldn't be more boring. System of the United States of America where a man is considered innocent until proven guilty. Unfortunately, sometimes a lot of these people get out of jail on what we call bail, and they run like hell. That's where I come in. I sometimes pick up rent money trying to find them and bring them back to justice. But right now, I'm doing a picture that's full of high explosives. Oh, I love it. Right now, I'm doing a picture. You know, I love that. So when was this made? I mean, it's like everything about it I know is in the 80s, but everything that has to do with that is the 70s. Every girl he mentioned is 70s. And uh, then he says, uh, I'm working on a new picture. And, you know, that's my favorite thing. Uh, this time we're working with some high explosives. But, I mean, so what is that? Uh, that's 113 into 140. So what is that, three minutes of setup? 
did I did I time did I get that right? It's about three minutes of just the the setup of what the show is until you actually get to the show. So, yeah, that's messed up, right? But let's face it, that opening line. So Vidi, uh, he calls me today and he goes, hey, somebody told me that he was singing it on an episode of, uh, oh, crap, I can't, uh, Gold, oh, crap, one of those dance shows from the 70s or the 80s, uh, Disco Gold, oh, my God, I got it wrong. Oh, I could look it up, I just don't care. You know, one of those with Marilyn McCoo. Uh, you know, I know you're saying it as I'm, I'm like, say it, dummy, but uh, <laughs> I know I'll figure it out as soon as we go off the air. Uh, but I was trying to get a copy of it where he's singing it live um, on the. But what I did find, but I'm not going to play because it it's the same thing, is that he actually sings the theme on the Fall Guy show. They're like, "Cold, go out there." Uh, somebody introduces him and he sings it, and they play it to Marky Post on the phone. It's just really stupid, but this song is just amazing. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with Farrah. I like the I like the one I've been I don't know much in school but i taught ladies plenty that's probably my favorite line (laughs) oh my the fall guy ladies and gentlemen yeah it's gonna be unbelievable and they're doing that all weekend i I mean i gotta get off this podcast and start watching again i'm losing time i think it went for like five seasons um but yeah, so that kind of ruined my night last night because that was on my head. I'm like, I gotta get home and watch. I mean, what's the matter with me? What is the matter with me? I'm obviously insane. So the Olympics are over finally today because they are just a bag of shit. I mean, do you hate them as much as I? I mean, are they just the most boring? Uh, am I wrong? Um, I don't know how they're doing ratings wise, but if I, I don't care about those beach volleyball, I don't care. People are like, oh, my God, those girls are, like, wearing nothing. It's true, but I, I just, beach volleyball, oh, my God, really? I wouldn't watch that on a regular day, and they air it all the time. It sucks. I'm bored, and I don't care. Beach volleyball, who the fuck gives a shit? And then the Americans don't win. They come in with the bronze, and they're all celebrating like they just won the gold. Are you guys idiots? You're Americans. You should win at beach volleyball. You invented it every time. Should never come in second. Beach volleyball. It's a stupid California sport made for hippies. And then the girls' soccer team got out because they stink. Remember that whole thing I did where they wanted equal pay for the boys? Well, you know what? You just ruined your chances to ever get equal pay because not only is your attendance record off by 70,000 for the men, but you just blew it. Where you're try- When you're trying to get equal pay, you need to bring to the table what you're going to bring to the table. And you guys blew it. Would you lose to Japan? They stink. You're like the toughest girls I've ever seen, and you lost? You needed to win it all to get that equal pay. If you're going to make a you know big steam about it, you needed to win it all, and you blew it. You blew it. It's a shame. Uh because that was the opportunity. It was right there. Then all of a sudden, maybe. I don't know. It's, it seems like the Olympics, like nobody cares. Besides the Ryan Lochte thing, which is completely fascinating. What a tool. Uh, you know, you knew something was wrong with that guy when he decided to dye his hair gray. Who does that? Obviously, I hate this guy. I'm like, why would you make your hair gray, dummy? I've been trying to not have it, my hair gray for like 20 years. 
what a douche. He knew something was wrong with that guy as soon as he got to the place. Um, he's a dick. Uh, we just found out he pretty much lied about it. Like, he didn't lie, but he exaggerated and things were weird. And then, you know, they were covering up for the fact that they uh, they did some bad stuff. They, you know, fucked up a gas station. They were drunk. And then this uh, security team did all this stuff. I don't know. It's all fakakta, but what a dick either way. And people are so angry at him. And he's just not Michael Phelps. So then he's got to feel like a bucket of shit. Um, but I'll tell you who's... Sometimes, you know, I always watch late at night. That's all I ever see. I'm never home on prime time. So late at night, they've uh, Ryan Seacrest is on. He does this show, which is kind of fun. It's kind of a great idea. I have a late night party live. Uh, but Tara Lipinski, the ex-ice skater, um, is one of the hosts. Oh, my God, is she pretty. She grew up hot. But she's like 36 now, but she's sexy. And she's doing it with this gay guy, the gayest of all guys. The guy who's so gay, I can actually barely watch it. Because he's too gay for me. Like, uh, it's too much. And it's taken away from how hot Tara Lipinski is, um, who I immediately looked up online to see if she was married or anything. You know, she is, I guess. Whatever. But she's so pretty. Um, that's a good person to have uh, an ex-hot Olympian. Do uh, color, you know, just uh, hang around the late night partying. It's a smart move. And, you know, it's uh, it's good. You're all wearing, like, uh, skimpy outfits and everything because it's hot down there and everything. But it looks like um, you can see how mad the Rio officials were that Ryan Lochte said that because they're like, no, 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 no. We made sure. We cleaned up everything to make sure there would be no nonsense. We know our town sucks, but we made sure there'd be no problems. So go fuck yourself, Ryan Lochte. I mean, that's how angry they were. They're like, no, no, we're not letting him get away with this. He will ruin our culture for the rest of history if this gets out. They were making sure that there was no way they were going to get away with these lies. Because they were so worried, you know, about security there and how dangerous it is. Even my cleaning lady told me she wouldn't go down there anymore. And she's from there. She's like, it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous. It's just too much nonsense. When somebody from there tells you that, you know, you probably shouldn't be down there. Let alone all those uh, diseases and all that stuff. I mean, it seems like everybody had a good time. But does anybody care? They're All they show is beach volleyball. I wanted to see some trampoline, some shooting some judo i don't know anything uh but you know the only thing the only reason we saw judo was because that douche egyptian guy wouldn't shake the israeli guy's hand what an asshole what kind of fucking fool does i mean you're at the olympics that's what it's all about i mean i i don't actually i don't know why anybody's surprised they're the worst kind of people the worst then you can see then you can see Whose problem is it is it israel's or is it everybody else if the israeli guy is not if the Egyptian guy's not willing to shake the Israeli guy's hand, then whose fault is it? Then it it means it's not Israel's the only normal people over there. That's why we have to rally around them because they're the only democratic nation over there. Everyone's a fucking idiot over there. The Palestinians, the Egyptians, I mean, the, if the fact that they're not going to shake them means you guys are crazy. Here's a guy who's trying to be diplomatic, and this is why your land stinks and you're all poor and you're, you're douchebags. Because you won't shake an Israeli guy's hand. Are you, are you crazy? During the Olympics, after a match, when it's almost required. I hope that guy, like, they took points off and just disqualified him. I think it's uh, required. You have to, for Judah, you have to bow. You t- get points taken off if you don't. Like, this guy was willing to get points taken off, deducted, so he wouldn't bow to a Jew. What an asshole. Fuck him. And fuck Egypt. Yeah, that's right.
I don't have time for their nonsense. Or the Palestinians. That's right. So, speaking of being outspoken, I got to weigh in on, uh, I don't know if you've heard. Okay. Um, There's a, a man, a boy. His name is Aaron Glazer. And he was banned by UCB, which is the Upright Citizens Brigade, improv, whatever the hell they are, banned because it is alleged that he raped two girls who also work at UCB. Now, it's been causing a lot of controversy in the comedy world because the two girls didn't go to the police and the UCB internal investigation unit handled it, which which could, quite frankly, have just been, you know, a 22-year-old girl who's interning there. And according to her findings, this guy has been banned from UCB forever. Now, if you go online and look up this Aaron Glazer, and I recommend doing it, you're going to be like, wait, this guy raped two girls? I mean, he is the schleppiest-looking Jew you've ever seen. And I don't even think <clears throat> he could hold down one girl to rape, let alone, you know, do it twice. Um, now, everybody's taking sides. Now, the, my friend uh, Kurt Metzger wrote this really scathing, uh, you know, tweet saying that everybody, uh, what, what did he, he just, he called them women hens and an unthinking herd of muling progressive cattle on his Facebook page. Well, that's what Kurt does. I mean, that's his act. And everybody's in an uproar because he writes for Amy Schumer. And Amy, you know, has known Kurt for a long time and got him the job. She knows what she's getting into when she hires him. And Amy, I don't think, takes offense to any of this. But she had to answer and just say, I'm not firing her from my show. They're, they, everybody wants him fired from her show. But there is, she's trying to say, there's no show. There's no show. I'm not doing the show. It's not, and the show's not canceled, dummies. I'm just taking a break, like, uh, like the way Larry David takes from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Because she has a lot of stuff going on. But he was... Uh, Kurt was saying how angry he was that uh, it also the word broke that the upright citizens of great comedy network could be banned a prominent comedy, comedian and alleged serial rapist. Uh, a screenshot of a post in a private group about the matter began to make the rounds. Its author was not one of the alleged victims, but someone speaking on their behalf. The UCB conducted an investigation before deciding to ban the comedian from the network. It's it's oh here it is. Kurt Metzger writes this guys. I've just heard some disturbing news. This guy, and he changes his name. Now we all know his name, but it changes it to Jif Dilfieberg as a joke, is a rapist. I know because women said it, and that's all I need. He's obviously being sarcastic. Never you mind who they are. They are women. All women are as reliable as my Bible, a book that much like a woman is incapable of lying. I mean, it's pretty bad. You think I would dare ask my God, Lord Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, to provide any details or evidence of any kind before I believe in him or a woman? No, because that be that be that would be like hammering the nails into Jesus, my Lord's feet, or re-raping the victim's good hole, or asking for proof in a murder trial. Yipes. Anyway, uh, we'll just say Aaron Glazer is Aaron Glazer's dangerous, so fucking dangerous that we can't go to the police to report his many rapes. That would just be too rapey, and the women are too brave for that. If we ask them to even merely also post a vague account of what happened before asking us to believe that would like re-raping their rape. These women are as brave as they are sore. 
Now for the good news. That motherfucker is now banned from the Times Square Art Center and Halloween Adventure. Yeah, let's see you try and rape anyone without specifically being at the Times Square Art Center and Halloween Adventure. Now, you fucking rapist. Bam. Lady Ghostbusters. Little girl looks us up at tear. I will go to... Co- I don't, now he's off to a whole other thing. Uh, here, I got to be part of an unthinking herd of mewling progressive cattle is reward enough. Uh, as Metzger continued on his anti-witch hunt tear... People continue to reach out to Schumer for her response to the unfolding controversy. She blocked a lot of those users, but then posted a follow-up tweet that indicated Merzger no longer worked for her. Merzger then claimed that Schumer only responded because he told her to, which I'm sure he did. She probably called Kurt and said, what should I do? And he goes, I don't care. You can totally respond. I don't give a shit. Amy doesn't care either. A- Amy's response, I didn't fire Kurt. He isn't a writer for my show because we aren't making the show anymore. There are no writers for it. Now, everybody's taking sides the women of course are being like he's a rapist it's supposed to happen but a lot of girls as well uh i know this girl i'm facebook friends with this girl allison klemp i've known her for a while she says uh, sarcastically hats off to the comedians who hear about a serial rapist in the community and immediately go after the victims for not going to the police even though they don't actually know whether these women did it or not god forbid you publicly denounce a rapist those women are really stupid good but this is what uh, whatever michael che the uh, host of Saturday Night Live's Weekend Update. Three different people messaged me about a comic that got banned from comedy clubs for raping girls. Message me. Call the fucking police. So the penalty for mass rape is not getting to do a comedy in a bar for free. Way to take a stand. What fucking planet am I on? Everybody's very confused. Most people are saying, why didn't these girls call the police? Why didn't they call the police? However, that's the other thing. We've talked about this on our show before with Rachel and with Sarah. I've had a girlfriend who got raped and she didn't go to the police for a month. Sometimes these girls are so traumatized they can't go to the police. But, but, let's just say it had been a month, the trauma's over, now go to the police. Why are you going to your your acting teacher at UCB? What are you doing? I mean, if if you're making a statement because you don't want this guy to hurt anybody again, go to the police. I mean, I, I don't know. Could this guy, I mean, why did these girls go up to his apartment? Or did they invite him up to theirs? We don't know anything. There's no details. So it's going to be interesting as it unfolds a little bit more. I do feel sorry for this guy, but when you look at him, he, you know, now that we know, it's a horrible. Now that you know he's a, or you look at him as a rapist, now he's like, what a creepy guy. Meanwhile, you would just say, what a schleppy Jew. Now he just looks like a creepy guy. And now they're going over all his comedy. You know, I mean, he's, a, he's an up-and-comer. He's just a whatever. Maybe he's nobody. Um, I mean, it's sad. I mean, can you imagine if this happened to somebody like me? It's just he says, she says. And, you know, when I was coming up when I was like 25 or something, and somebody said, I mean, this wouldn't happen in the 80s, but, I mean, this day and age, somebody says, I mean, you know, look what our, our friend Beth, um, who wrote the uh, Crashing episode, she came out, said she was raped by a comedian. And this guy's through because she had pictures of bruises. And I believe she did go to the police and she was just coming out about it. And then she got all this thing. But she didn't want to come out about it to get all this stuff. And she is she didn't get where she was because of this. So it was OK. But it is. I mean, that guy's career is over. He was abusive. Um, maybe it should be. I don't know. Uh, maybe this Bill Cosby stuff has gotten everybody to this heightened sensitivity um, sensitivity uh, 
which interestingly enough is uh, what happened, uh, I guess, about a week ago with that Usain Bolt winning. Um, people were watching it at the uh, JFK airport. Yeah. Uh, JFK airport was evacuated and people taking cover because people were cheering and banging as they watched Usain Bolt win the 100-meter dash. Uh, People are so uptight at this point and so nervous and so scared that people cheering and and banging the tables because some idiot wins the 100-meter dash at the airport thinks it's a terrorist attack. Can Can you blame them? And they evacuated because everybody is uptight and terrified. This is why Donald Trump might win. I mean, if it's gotten this bad where people cheering on an Olympic athlete uh, because everybody's, you know, clapping and cheering and and, and everybody else thinks it's a, a, a terrorist attack, we're in big trouble. And that and that's that's not going to end well. But I'm just saying, and I'm not saying I'm voting for him or anything. I'm just saying that's the reason he could totally win this election. If people are that afraid, and you're at the airport, and you just and you know you the, the TV's on and people are applauding, and they evacuate, we're all in big, big trouble. And that's why somebody like Trump could get the vote. Let's see what happens with the debate. He'll probably implode and blow it, but we'll see what happens. It's quite interesting. Oh, and, and there's the other thing. Uh, Blake Shelton, remember this this major tool? I mean, this guy is so stupid. He's, um, I guess he tweeted years ago before he became, uh, I, I guess he's a star. I, I don't understand, really. Um, he, When he was 19-year-old, my first, my heart got broken. I'm over it now, but I wonder what that fat, ugly bitch is up to. That's what he wrote, like in a tweet. The people have been finding these old tweets he wrote that are racist and sexist. And... Um, you know, I mean, who cares? Uh, I If you haven't noticed Richard Simmons is gay, you haven't noticed Katy Perry's boobs. I mean, this is the stuff he was tweeting. Uh, one tweet from 2011 said, well, let me do it with the accent because that's the reason I'm saying all this. Standing in line at a coffee shop in L.A. talking with the man in front of me, he orders a skinny caramel latte. Oh, I couldn't tell he was gay. Wish the dickhead in the next room would either shut up or learn some English so I'd at least know what he's planning to bomb. Question for my gay followers or Skittles, y'all's favorite candy. I mean, aren't you expecting a guy that talks like that to be racist, sexist, and just, you know, not trustworthy of gays and blacks? Isn't that what that accent just says? Is anybody really surprised that this idiot, I mean, who completely comes off like a complete douche, and I mean, the stupidest guy, Blake Shelton makes somehow he makes a fortune off his horrible songs and he sounds like an idiot. He's got to be the dumbest person on the planet. You're not expecting him to be racist as well. A uh, question for my gay followers. Are Skittles y'all favorite candy? Cause it's the rainbow. <laughs> Well, he's a nigger, I guess. I'll just string him up the way we string him up down here. If you haven't noticed Richard Simmons is gay, you haven't noticed Katy Perry's boobs. I mean, you're just waiting for him to say the N-word. It's next. Who's surprised at this? He's an idiot from the South. Blake Shelton. 
Load them up and truck it. We gonna do what they say can be done. We got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Oh yeah. Oops. Sorry, technical difficulties. Press the wrong button. I'm so excited, singing along, having a good time. I pressed the wrong button. How you been going? Well, I guess I pressed the wrong button now. Why you pointy head, little bastard? That's from uh, the man with the golden gun, Sheriff Buford T. No, that's the that's smoking the bandit. The uh, guy from the man with the golden gun. They had him in twice. The most racist sheriff ever. <laughs> And he's like, well, look at you, point-ahead oriental bastard. <laughs> That's from a James Bond movie. I got to get that clip next time. It's so funny. Look at you in the water, you dumb piece of crap, yeah. That's just from The Man with the Golden Gun. When he was in Living Let Die, he goes, my brother-in-law's got the best boat on the bayou. And then they're all looking at him because a black guy takes over the boat and they're like, That's your brother-in-law? It's all these... Uh, Black and racial jokes. What's the matter with you, boy? It's like, uh, uh, Sheriff, I'd like to talk to you for a little bit. Uh, now, see, this here is a secret agent from Britain. He's on our, and he, he's helping us. On whose side? I think that guy was in Superman 2 also. He used to get a lot of work playing the, uh, the crazy, racist, uh, stupid sheriff. Like Blake Shelton. The boys are thirsty in Atlanta, and there's beer in Texarkana. Eastbound down, load them up and chuck it. We don't do what they say, game Anyway, um, okay. All right, let's, uh, I think I've gotten everything out I need to say. Oh, that's right, yeah, my, oh, oh yeah, oh. My birthday at the track, I was so angry at my mother. She tried to hijack my birthday. It's so annoying. So a couple of, oh, by the way, uh, next weekend I'm doing the uh, roller derby. Uh, in Jersey, they moved the Dirty Jersey Roller Derby girls are back better than ever. It's my first time with this new group. Hopefully it'll go well. I love those girls. They come to my shows. I go to their shows. We're all even now. Everything's good. Uh, love those girls. Hope they win. They won their first game. Finally, I was on the road, so I didn't get to see it. Hopefully they'll win when I'm there. I've never seen a win. You know, I've just always been there for losses. So, but, uh, that is uh, next week, and then, right, then it's Labor Day, and then, I don't know, football season starts, what should I do, how can I not make, you know, I love making picks, I gotta make them, but maybe I don't, I don't know, but, and you know, I love doing the TV shows, I like, you know, but I'm, I'm less, I'm like, I don't know, the network shows aren't what they used to be, I'm not having the mo- as much fun as I used to when the new network shows come, it's just... Things have changed. Maybe I am finally changing. You know, I know I was the last person to watch network TV. Um, I don't know. I have Netflix now. Maybe I don't care. They took off my favorite shows. You know, I was upset about Limitless and stuff. But we'll probably go over it again. It's fun to make fun of them, right? Get some clips and have some fun the next couple weeks. So September 27th is the football show down at the Village Underground, 630 and it's going to be a rocking good time. We're going to talk some sports and some football and make some picks and have some puppets and all. It's going to be a good time. We ain't going to have no blacks 
and no Jews and nobody, none of them people going to be there to bother us. We're just going to have a good time, all of us on our own, by ourselves. Uh, right, that's September 27th. So that's coming up. There's plenty of time to talk about that. I'm going to London soon. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? That's like soon. It's like a couple days away. I don't know. I never travel. Sarah asked me to come out to L.A. at the end of the month, and I'm like, not interested going to the Talgate at Giants Stadium because I'm going to miss the first one. I hope it's beautiful weather. I hope it's beautiful weather. I'm telling you, I think because I'm going to miss one, I'm going to get there at like 7 a.m. I'm not going to fool around. I'm getting there so early. Um, So football season starts. What am I going to do? Well, I'm so excited for Wings, finally, Monday Wings. Oh, I can't even wait. Again, I'm mad about London because I get to miss a week. But that's all right. We have to miss a week once in a while because, you know, I'm 50. I can't have wings every Monday. <laughs> I mean, I can, but I'm also worried because now I got those Tuesday shows. Uh, it's hard to drink. The next day becomes problems for my voice and stuff like that. But I don't overdo it on Mondays. I usually leave work at 9. Then I have two beers uh, at Tommy Bahamas. And then I go over to Lansdowne Road and have, I usually just have one more beer there, I guess. So that's not bad, but they are pints. Oh, maybe the ones at Tommy Bob's aren't pints, so that's not that bad. So I have like one pint, and then I guess I can just switch over to water on the days when I have the show the next day. Yeah, that could work. There's nothing better than having a beer and watching football and then having some wings and then going home. And it used to be. On a Monday, I would go out after, continue drinking. Go down to the cellar. Now I just can't do that anymore. Monday night when the guys took me out for dinner, Artie, Jeff, Dave, uh, Russ, took me out to Wolfgang's, which was great. So good. Oh, my God. That is my favorite place. Everybody knows it. That's why I asked them, can we go there? I think it was very expensive. Obviously, I didn't have to pay. It was my birthday. Artie didn't show up till late, though. Um, so he missed the food. That was odd. <laughs> that's his favorite thing um, but it was nice of him to show and then he drove everybody home I wanted to walk I had to walk I couldn't wait to walk even though it was hot I'm like there's no way I'm taking a cab or even biking I need to walk off this meal but um, yeah Jeff went down to the comedy cellar to do a show and I'm like how how can you go down there and do a show after a full meal like that that's the last thing I would ever want to do but I don't know. We can't do it really anymore. I just, I think, you know, I might be kind of done with drinking. I know. I what is this? Is this the day we got to put on the calendar? It's not. It's not sitting well anymore. I'm not. I'm not happy. Not the next day, but like after. Like when I get home, I. I don't know. I want to keep my head clear. I've got too much going on. I want to be like Michael Corleone and just, you know, keep my head clear and just drink soda water and seltzer and, you know, you want to keep a clear head. There's too much going on. There's too much to do. I got to come up with this football thing and maybe, you know, if it's a live thing, possibly have something going with Sirius, which will be great. I got to be smarter. Things are going well. I don't want to blow it. And I'm not saying I'd blow it if I was drunk, but I'm just saying I just don't feel right and I can't concentrate. Now, meanwhile, I come home. I got a full weekend to concentrate on stuff. I still don't get anything done. I don't put anything away. I don't do it. I'm like, well, I got to do this podcast. I got to do the podcast. Well, I mean, I, I, I was looking forward to doing the podcast, but I'm like, when's the best day? I mean, I should have done it yesterday, but I ended up doing it on a Sunday. I don't know why. Just, um, 
I'm just lazy when I'm home. And I'm like, ah, I, I'm allowed to take the weekend off. But no, that's when I should. Well, I do have a regular job, but I don't do anything at that job. So really, I don't know. You know, I have to make that job more purposeful with my personal stuff. I think that's the key. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> that's the key. Whatever. I don't know. I just I don't want to go. I want to stay. I'm having a good time, and um, I think it's clouding up. I heard there's going to be some major showers, so I'm glad I'm indoors. Glad I'm with my cat because I, you know, I haven't seen her. Um, you know, as a way, I've been sleeping over the, in Atlantic City recently. What's that about? It's something I don't usually do. Um, but you know, we're not doing a podcast for two weeks, so I'm 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 already lonely. I'm sad. So I get, oh, that's the other thing. I mean, what am I doing? So I've been enjoying taping on like Saturdays or Sundays, whatever. Um, I mean, I guess that's the thing. If we're going to do football picks, I mean, I have to tape on Wednesday or Thursday, right? Because I got to get the picks in. Is that important? I don't think anybody listens to this show for that. So I don't think I need to. But maybe I want to. I have some decisions to make. I got to make some decisions about my career. Not about my career, but just the podcast. What do I want it? What do I want it to be? And how can I please everyone? Because that will be the podcast I want it to be, that everybody likes the podcast. Right? It seems right. And quite frankly, I do like to have guests on to talk about football sometimes. Although maybe I'll get it out of my system since we're doing these shows. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Um... I need something that's going to cheer me up. What? Oh, well, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I'm just, oh, you know, this will completely cheer me up. Henry, go open your trunk. Pick up a shovel at my mother's house. Oh, yeah. What happened to him? What happened? What happened to you? I haven't seen you so long. What happened for you? I hate to see him that way. You two, how are you? What happened? Well, he came in. You came in. I figured, you know. I'm so happy to see him. Look, go inside. Make yourselves comfortable. I'll make you something to eat. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. No, I can't sleep. Not while he's home. No, I haven't seen him so long. I want to see him. Then you go inside. This stuff is great, but it's like lead. So tell me, tell me, where have you been? I haven't seen you. I haven't even... You haven't even called or anything. Where have you been? Well, Mom, I've been working nights. And? Um, well, tonight we were out late. We took a ride on the, out to the country, and we hit one of those deers. I tell you, where the blood came from. I told you. Jimmy told you before. I want to say. Anyway, you know what reminds me? I need this knife. I'm going to take this. It's okay? Okay, yeah. I just need it for Bring it while. back, though, you know. Well, the poor thing, you know, we got... I hit him, and his, uh, we hit the deer, and his paw, what do you call it? The paw. The paw. The paw. Oh, the hoof got caught in that grill. Oh. I gotta, I gotta hack it off. Ooh, Ma, it's a sin. You gotta leave it there, you know. So anyway, I'll, I'll bring your knife back if they do that. Anyway, delicious, delicious. Thank you. Why don't you get yourself a nice girl? 
I get, get a nice one almost every night, ma. Yeah, but get yourself a girl so you could settle down. That's what I, I mean. settle down almost every night, but then in the morning I'm free. I love you. I want to be with you. Why? Don't just settle down. <laughs> How's your friend, Henry, dear? Henry, what's the matter? You don't talk too much. What you talk a little bit? What are you quiet for? You don't eat much. You don't talk much. <laughs> uh, I'm just listening. What's the matter? Something wrong with you? You remind yeah. me of when we were kids from Paris, used to visit one another. And there was this man, he would never talk. He would just sit there all night and not say a word. So they said to him, what's the matter, Compari? Don't you talk? Don't you say anything? He says, what am I going to say? That my wife two times me? So she says to him, shut up. You're always talking. <laughs> <laughs> but well, in Italian, it sounds much nicer. Well, you know? the content. Yeah, that's it. What's that mean? It means he's, he's content to be a jerk. Ah. Well, he doesn't care who knows it. He's did, uh, did Tommy ever tell you about my painting? No. Look at this. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. I like this one. The dog, one dog goes one way and the other dog goes the other way. Well, one is going east and the other one is going west. So what? And this guy's saying, what do you want from me? The guy's got a nice head of white hair. Look how beautiful with the dog. It looks the same. Yeah. Looks like somebody we know. He <laughs> <laughs> without the beard. No, it's him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I love it, right? Isn't that the best? God, it's so good. That's why you can watch it every time it's on. Hey, you know what I was thinking the other day? That maybe the next thing I do, what do you think? I just was saying this in the meeting the other day. Godfather 3 live? I know we were saying we're never doing Godfather 3, but the way we're doing it, comedy-wise, what do you think? Godfather 3? Live? Just like one episode. We wouldn't do it more than once. Just combine everything. Cause we, we, and, and maybe just do the, strip, the script the way it is. <laughs> maybe not change anything. It's so horrible. Uh, I don't know. It's so bad that it might not even be good. Definitely get a black guy. You know, Maybe get that guy, William Stevenson, to play uh, George Hamilton again. <laughs> That's all I came up with for uh, casting. Obviously, Natterman is Michael again, but um, or you know, we get Jackie Mason, get an older Jew to play uh, Michael. Get Jackie Mason to. Uh, I guess I'll just do it as Jackie Mason. Wait, I keep coming up. They keep pulling me back in. I can't figure it out. Or we'll just get Sheba Mason to do it. What a mess she is. Well, you know how it is. So uh, I guess that's it. Um, okay, so I will organize. I'm going to organize the podcast to put together lots of great shows. I'm going to see if I can organize like a month in advance to make sure that we, you know, coming attractions of what's happening and, and, and different things. And I want the podcast to suffer while I'm doing all these other things because I like doing it and I like bringing it to you. So I guess I will concentrate and make things good you can see I'm stalling. I don't feel like uh, stopping. I just like I, I want to do like a like another half hour. I just don't. I I don't. I can't think of anything. I didn't prepare any other material. Um, I mean, certainly we can talk more about the fall guy if you'd like. I mean, but that's uh, I don't know. Uh, it is kind of funny. I was watching an episode today and it was called Paradise Isle. So it was a take, I guess, on Fantasy Island, and they land in Hawaii to you know on purpose, and this guy owns the island, and they're. And Lee Majors and that guy, his partner, Howie, are in shorts. And Heather Thomas is in long pants. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out 
why that, what the casting or the wardrobe decision was for that. But then later when they're at a luau, she's wearing a bikini and a luau skirt. She looks unbelievable and does a little dance. So maybe they were waiting to be like, look, we can't just put her out there like that. She's got this unbelievable sexy scene coming up. So let's just put her in pants for now. But it is funny. I think I wonder if that's where the people from Magnum P.I. got the idea because Lee Majors looks pretty good. He looks pretty, pretty good. <laughs> and I mean, it's so funny when you watch that Magnum. He's just in shorts every episode. It's just a, it's kind of a gutsy decision for a boy to be a private detective in shorts every week. That's a very manly decision. You got to be uh, very okay with yourself for that. A lot of guys uh, don't pull off the shorts properly. I don't think I do. Then there's guys I know like Dave Cross and uh, people like that that just only wear shorts every day. I don't know whether he pulls it off or not, but he clearly doesn't give a crap. It's, uh, it's quite interesting. Guys that wear shorts all the time. My old manager, Ken Truce, used to do that. Guy never wore pants. A manager should never wear shorts. The guy never wore pants, ever. I saw him in January he wasn't wearing pants. That's, that's just a bad sign for a business person, I think. Don't you? I don't care if you're wearing shorts if you're a comedian. But if you're somebody's manager and you go to a meeting with other people wearing pants, you don't want to be wearing shorts. It does take away your leverage. I believe that with all my heart. And that's why I left them. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell. But I've been seen with Farrah. Obviously, we'll end with this song. But, uh, yeah, I don't like that there's words because I can't talk over them. But we have to end with this, right? It's not working for me anymore. I want to leave with something with music. I don't know. I'm sorry. It seemed like it was the logical thing, and then it just wasn't working for me. Um, let's leave with something much more entertaining. Oh, what's this one? This class. From Tootsie? Well, now, now, just a minute. Now, Dr. Brewster, I'm as proud as ever to be a woman at this hospital. When you address me, you address me as a professional. Yeah. All the way from Tootsie. It's the Tootsie Girl Working March. Tootsie, Tootsie Working Girl March. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Going all the way back to 1982, it's Tootsie. It doesn't happen. I know it. All right. So listen, we're having a great time today. We're having a great time this week. It's the end of the summer. Enjoy the rest of your summer. It's going to be unbelievable. We're going to come back in the fall, and we're going to get serious. We're going to have some serious podcasting duties to do in the fall, and we are going to have lots of fun with football and baseball and not sports stuff and television and nonsense and glory and Big John, Little John. Maybe we'll just dissect a couple of episodes of Big John, Little John. I don't know. Just prepare to have fun this fall because this fall is where it's at until it gets depressing after January. So prepare for the greatest podcast of all time, the Dave Joskow Podcast, to wow you and entertain you. As you move on with your fall until Thanksgiving and Christmas, the fall is the best time, and it goes so quick, we're going to have a blast. It's better than summer. The fall, 2016. Look forward to it on an all-new bunch of Dave Juskow podcasts. We'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>